and welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. I'm your host, Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com. And today I'm joined by Ryan Paul Gibson. Ryan's the founder over at contentlift.io. He helps B2B companies conduct customer research interviews that don't suck. Ryan, welcome to the show, sir. How are you yeah, doing? Thank, yeah, thanks for having me. I pre- I'm happy to be here. Cool, man. So we're going to be chatting all about how everyone tuning in can change the B2B marketing game when it comes to customer research. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people skeptical thinking, and I, I certainly was before I even knew kind of what the heck customer research actually involved, thinking, yeah, not really sure it's going to change my marketing that much. Um, so let, let's try and prove them wrong if we can. So first and foremost, Ryan, why should anyone tuning in even consider bothering with customer research? <laughs> Well, you said you said the word there, game. I mean, a business is a bet, right? At the end of the day, you're 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 making a play in the market that you think you can. You have something that people want; they'll give you money for it, and you build a business off that. The reality is, though, there's a lot of things that you need to understand when it comes to the market and how people buy. You know how they evaluate products, how they're solving problems. What are the priorities to be able to increase the odds of winning that bet. So to me, qualitative research is a big part of that foundation. It's not the only thing, but it's a big pillar. Because if you can understand how people make choices, the behaviors they have when they're buying products in B2B, you know what their trade-offs are, what the pains, their problems, priorities are, you have a better chance of improving your marketing because that's all going to influence your marketing. You have a better chance of getting the consideration set with people earlier on, and you have a better chance of closing that deal. So that's why I would say, you know, to prove the haters wrong, I would say <laughs> that's why you would do it. Yeah. In a nutshell. Gotcha. So, with that said, is there a specific type of business that should consider customer research? So talking from a B2B standpoint, um, business to business. So, should a should a new business start with it or should it be is it more geared towards the companies that, that are perhaps more established or is there a, a starting point we need to consider i mean no everyone should be really and i don't say that because that's what i do i mean that's just part of to me that's just part of having good intel so yep. but i think the use cases are different right so okay. case in point if i'm just starting out i'm launching a product and i feel that you know, I've got enough interest. I've done, I've done enough validation to to launch. Then I'm going to have a V1 of my marketing, right? Messaging, positioning, um, you know, copy, all the things that would go on a site that you build, Sam, right? So for me, I would want to understand how I'm going to influence those early adopters and those people that I'm going to the market to try and attract, right? So I think an early stage company, because it's not the, the the product is never the thing they buy. They buy the transition and people who do like jobs be done work, which is like an innovation framework or customer discovery with um, the lean canvas model um, methodology. They'll say the product is never the thing they buy. They buy like what they can get from the product. What's the transition? So you have to tell that story. So that's any any company that's just starting out. Let me give yeah. an example of someone though that is set in their ways and did it. So I work part-time um, with a company called Rewind. We do SaaS. We do backup and restoration SaaS. The company um, acquired a another product. They didn't build it, but they went out and started buying up some other backup software products. For one, This one was for GitHub. Okay. 
So in an acquisition, the theory should be, all right, well, I got a sales machine. I got a marketing machine. I acquire the thing. Sales should take off. But they didn't. The MRR was flat. So we quickly realized maybe we're off and like how we're talking to the customer. If we even have the right person who we're trying to market to. So we went and started talking to people. And it turns out we were wrong about a lot of stuff. There was even key pieces of the buying journey that we didn't realize that were there that we were not talking to. Yeah. So, and this was an experience company. Rewind um, has been around for five years. They just raised a Series B, right? 65 million US. So, I mean, that is someone who's entrenched and still had to do research to figure out what was going wrong with the marketing. So, yeah. it, I think every, to your question, everyone should be doing it. It really it just depends on like what they need to get done. Yeah. 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 So, with that said, I mean, um, before we talk to, I guess, about the some of the triggers, some of the buying processes and, and such that should be considered, when it comes to customer research, is it just going to help um, our marketing or is it also going to assist with our sales? Is it going to assist with things like our website, which you touched on there? Um, yeah. is, it, is it kind of all, all parts of the sales funnel or is there just specific kind of parts that it does help? I, I tend to look at it as I'm helping more the marketing and sales side. A lot yep. of customer teams do their own research, right? Because they're trying to figure out why people are churning, um, you know, how to do winbacks, you know, what people's uh, experience with the product are. All this stuff's important. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, but that's not where I want to focus because I want to focus on my odds of closing a deal. So I look at research, you know, qualitative and quantitative as a way that how can I, once they raise up their hand and say, I actually am thinking about buying this thing, how can I help sales actually close the deal faster or quicker or increase their odds of doing that? That's really how I look at research is, you know, helping support that entire journey right to that point. Yeah. 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 And this, this might be a, a tricky one to answer, but is there any way for a business to tell if I guess their product or their service is actually geared towards their ideal customers right now or if it's off base is there some kind of litmus test that you can run or is the only way to do it by cracking on and and doing what we're going to discuss in this show <laughs> well i look there's things that i look for i mean there's different parts of the journey so i'm sure you see this sam like if you're getting a lot of traffic to your page and the bounce rate's crazy and no one's putting their hands up for a demo or want to yep. talk to sales i mean Something is there in the marketing versus what you have on the page, right? Sure. So that is like that's a soft indicator, right? That maybe there's misalignment there. Or further on down the field, right? If you have all these ads that you're trying to pump out and nothing's nothing's coming through. Is there something off in your messaging? You know, are we targeting the right people? You know, are we talking to the people who have the right roles and responsibilities are going to be evaluating this thing. So those are some soft indicators. But I think if you do this work um, consistently, you'll know pretty fast whether you're, you don't have the right person you're targeting, right buyer, the right ICP, right? Ideal customer profile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you've got a, a framework for us that, that you can share when it comes to considering things like business triggers, personal triggers that actually kick off the buying process that we need yeah. to consider we need to chat about yeah i mean like so you're talking about like how like what are things i want to look for in regards to like triggers or things that i should be like how i get to those yeah as i guess for what's what's your process so if you're coming yeah. into a an organization whether that's a software company tech company whatever it may be in the b2b space 
Yeah. What are yeah? What are some of those initial triggers? I guess that you look for. Um, yeah. Well, I figured how like every, triggers are very similar in B two B in many ways, right? There's usually a, some type of um, pain. It's either time or money, right? Either something's taking me long, too long manually, or something's costing too much, and I need to find a better solution, right? But what I like to do is, I when I interview customers, I start at the part of the journey before they even before sometimes they're even problem aware or even problem aware solution aware, right? So what that means is they may not even know there's a solution to their problem or they haven't even fully defined the problem yet. So, and the reason I want to know those things is if I can understand what's happening in their business and why they're encountering these pains in the first place and how they're trying to solve these things, then I can start to see the path and journey. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll start with one really simple question. When I talk to people, I'll say, take me back to the day when you first realized this was a X was a problem and you wanted to spend money on it. Not when you first started looking for a solution, but you know, you're sitting your keyboard or you're in a meeting and you're like, oh man, this sucks. I don't want, this is starting to be an issue. Yeah. What did you do next? And I just want to understand the behaviors they took and the actions they took because then I'm mapping out the entire process they took from that thought to the eventual sale you know some people call it like a a journey to purchase um you know a timeline to purchase some people call it that or buying journey i call it buying story gotcha marketer so but it's all the same thing what is each step they took along the way from realizing all right it's time to address this thing because what we got ain't working yeah okay this looks like it's a solution for me here's my credit card or yeah, you know, send me an invoice. And to clarify, this is to existing customers of the company, so people that are already doing business with them. Yeah, existing customers. I try to talk to people that just closed. Okay, that's typically the easiest. They're the easiest to jog uh, their memory and their recall. Right. Humans are really bad at describing things right from recall. So if I ask you a direct question about like why you did that, it's really hard for you to answer within depth and within like great detail. But sure. if I start taking you through a journey, like a story of, so when this happened, what did you do next? The brain actually starts to really um, reach back into the depths and say, you know what? Oh, this happened. And then this happened. I see it when I interview people. Sometimes I'll be talking for 20 minutes and they'll shut down the interview and say, wait a second. I forgot something. I just remembered. There was this thing that happened. And it's really important that you know that. Yeah. And it's a really fascinating thing to talk to. So yeah, I talked to existing customers. I will talk to though other sometimes people who are not a customer because I also want to see what's going on in their lives because the rea- the theory should be that I if I have a problem that solves one key thing then I will see patterns regardless of whether they're a customer of mine or not if I'm targeting someone based on key things we want to solve for them yeah yeah and is there any advice perhaps for businesses I guess two parts of this question. Is there any advice for businesses that maybe have a limited number of customers because they're a startup or they're quite new? And yeah. at the same note, for maybe larger companies, is there an ideal sample size that you should look to, i.e. you need to interview X amount of people because that's the ideal number? Yeah, I mean, it's different in every company. I get that one a lot. Other researchers get that one a lot too. Mm. Um, the rule of thumb is usually like 8 to 12 um, for, okay. one bu- for one buyer. So what I mean by that is usually in a B2B scenario, um, 
you know, you'll have one or two buyers and then maybe some type of committee or other people that influence the sphere of the decision, right? Depending on what it is. Usually the less complex the product, the less people. So with Rewind, who I work with, usually there's two people involved, maybe a third, right? Um, and so I typically want to focus on the champion of that. So the person who's like started the process, driving it through and like, I need this. Yeah, because my life sucks. I need this tool or else otherwise it's like, it's, it's going to be bad news going forward. So I will focus on though that person, maybe a few of those people. If we're talking like an enterprise play, a HubSpot, a Salesforce, a Marketo, like, um, or something, even the, an enterprise play where I might not have, I might only have a thousand clients, right? But um, I offer a full turnkey solution and I'm touching all parts of uh, my company. I work with, I've worked with an accounting SaaS software company that did that right? Small player, small fish, big pond. There, it's much different. Like you have three or four people that are heavily involved in valuing that product. So you, there, you might need more interviews and a few with each of those segments to understand how do they all interconnect? Like, what do they care about? How yeah. are they valuing this product? What speaks to them? You know, what are their pains? How do they, what are their priorities? All those things. Okay. That one takes a little bit longer, but if you can figure out how that committee works together, um, you can take all that and influence your marketing much earlier on. So that way, by the time they get to your sales team, they already have probably chosen you or shortlisted you as like their number one choice. If you can speak to them in all the ways that they want to be spoken to. Yeah, nice. So that's that's talking to kind of medium, I guess, larger scale companies. What about anyone tuning in that's perhaps got a smaller co startup co? Perhaps the, the client roster is somewhat limited. Yeah. How do we tackle that? There's a few ways. Um, a lot of founders really have good networks, right? So that's the first way you can do it. You can tap your own network. Um, you can go into different groups that are aligned with what you do. So I'm in about five or six marketing, private marketing groups with other marketers, right? Yep. Content or um, design, whatever, right? You can reach out through those groups, set up a few sure. people, get to know network. And then there's a few, um, a few paid options right so there's different companies that will set you up with someone that fits a profile you can incentivize them i just did a poll on this last week actually on linkedin and funny enough the line was um i asked like would you if you wanted to talk to someone like me as a researcher would you need an incentive about 75 percent said yes but here's the caveat most said that's if i don't know you right right if i don't know you and you're taking up my time then I need something in return. But if I know you and there's a relationship there, yeah, I can spend half an hour on a Zoom call or on the phone or Google or whatever, right? So those are ways that I would I would try that. Because yeah, for a startup, sometimes it is much harder to get at people um, yeah. in those early days. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great suggestion. I remember recently on the WebChoice site, we've put up some new pricing pages for our SEO and our web design kind of starting rates. And... Basically, like you touched on there, I wasn't sure we designed it. I thought it looked quite decent, but I'm not an ideal customer. So I approached a few chief marketing officers, a few marketing managers, marketing directors, people to, that will often sell to that are in my LinkedIn network. I, I already had some rapport to them because I'm fortunate enough to have a, a fairly decent sized network. So I just said, look, can you spare a minute to give me a few thoughts on what you think of these pages, what you, what you like, what you dislike, what you change, took the common consensus like what were the regular answers and then just put it into play um yeah. 
so that's that's something that worked for me that was a similar kind of vibe to what you've shared there and that stuff is so key right because what if you hadn't done that you know that's an investment of your time and your team's resources and and your own money for something that may not have landed right so yeah. that's where the research is so key because you can find the ways you're going to get it wrong much faster before you, you ship something and that's why i love doing research because you can find the cracks in the foundation pretty fast Chili Piper's form concierge was built specifically for marketers. Double inbound conversions and qualified meetings. Keep your best prospects red hot by eliminating the waiting period after they raise their hand for a demo. Let website visitors self-qualify and book a meeting with the right rep instantly. Never let another inbound lead fall through the cracks. Stop chasing inbound leads. Start booking meetings. Book your free personalized demo today at chilipiper.com that's c-h-i-l-i-p-i-p-e-r.com are you tired of competitors stealing your traffic leads and sales all because they're higher on google maybe you're investing in paid ads but want to enjoy the benefits of organic seo meaning free traffic and inbound customers and not having to pay google for every single click or perhaps you're running seo and ads but your website is failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Any of this sound familiar? Let the team at WebChoice fix that for you. Book a free consultation today at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Talking to, to customers or our network, about kind of the initial problem and um, we went off on a bit of a tangent but what when they when they actually first realized xyz was, was a was a problem was an issue and yeah to address it let's um let's dig a bit deeper into sure. kind of what follows next or what what kind of what are the next steps after we've done that um in the in the interview process like after i've gone through a whole interview or like what's next well if is there are there other questions that we need to dive into is that oh, absolutely the, the crux of it are I appreciate we can't cover it all in this this episode but are there yeah, a few yeah. key pointers that yeah. can, can give people a starting point when it comes to these interviews of understanding the problems <clears throat> and then shifting that into how we can actually influence buyers um, or customers buying process yeah like i'll give you a rundown of like how i typically would do this so we start with awesome. we started business triggers right so we talked a bit about that so what are the catalysts there all of a sudden they wake because you don't wake up and buy a thing typically you there's a series of events that happen that is a tipping of the scales. Sure. So then I also want to think about how they, find out how they research, right? Now I'll know a bit of that from once people start to hit Google, right? But uh, there's a term that a lot of people talk about now, which is dark social. I don't know if you're familiar with that term, but I am. Yeah, we've talked yeah. about it on the, la on the last few episodes, so I'll, yeah. I'll keep my mouth shut because I've been airing my opinion on it for a while. So I'll, yeah. I'll let, you, let you chat. So whether you believe that's a thing or not, it doesn't matter because a lot of that that interaction of the buying process has existed for decades, right? I was a B2B buyer before the internet. So I did go to peers and went to conferences and I looked for ways to evaluate products before I even started talking to sales teams, right? So I want to understand that part of it. I want to know what happens way before they hit a website. Like how are they researching, right? right. So that okay. whole process of research. Mm -hmm. And then I want to know the evaluation phase. So once I actually shortlisted, 
how did they compare all the products? Like, what were the trade-offs? What did you not believe to be true, right? What made you trust the sales team? That's a, one I really like to ask. You know, like... Ah, okay, I like that. Like, what made you choose me over the other ones? Yeah, because yeah. there's so much... Right? Yeah, there's so much to learn there. And often I will get honest answers that the sales team doesn't get. Well, because what's the common uh, response you get to that question? Um, <clears throat> a lot of it, most of it, honestly... Um, Sam is, they just knew me best. They understood me the best. They listened a lot of, a lot of what you hear in, um, you know, best practices for sales, right? Yeah. Like is the stuff that they start repeating back It's really interesting. And then, <clears throat> so I understand, I, I want to send those three parts of it. And then if I need to do a customer success thing where I want to understand how they enjoyed the product, I will, but usually it gets handed off there. So then what I'll do is I'll take all those. I transcribe every single interview I've ever done. Right. And I map them all together and I just look for the patterns and themes in each of those segments. So one is those first triggers, um, all those, um, how they research and then yep. how they evaluate. And then from that, I also pull pains, anxieties, priorities, all that emotional language they use in interviews. I highlight that big time because that then starts to influence my copy and my messaging and my landing pages, anything that's like high converting stuff. Like it, you get it right from those interviews. And I've done that. I've taken stuff from interviews and dropped it into ads that day to test it, to see if it would track. You know, the turnaround time for these things and how you can leverage it is very fast. If you know what, how to ask the questions and what to look for. And that's yeah. what I would do. So then I would find the patterns. And then from that would come your average sort of buying story. Like how did they start? Where did they go? How did they decide? And then once I have that, then I start building out personas, battle cards, you know, sales stories, all these things that arm the entire company. It's funny because yeah. often I was, I just posted about this today. Often, sometimes we write the persona first, but to me, the persona is the end result of all that work, right? Gotcha. Or now I really understand what drives them and what motivates them. And yeah. now I have something that maybe my competitors don't have, which is a really deep understanding of, the person I'm going after. Nice. So, yeah, I mean, that's a solid framework. So kind of understanding the, the initial problem, initial pain, the initial issues, what triggered them to kind of think there was something, then doing that research into or understanding their research process, I guess, which is a bit like the, the dark social trend that's going around social at the moment. Yeah, what's your take on it? I missed the show. Are you, are you <laughs> uh, for or against? No, I, I haven't done a dedicated show, but it's just we've had, um, we did some shows recently on cold calling and we did something else on um, AB, account-based marketing. Yep, AB, so kind yeah. of things that are actually conflicting dark social. So, it's interesting, um, yeah. I mean, we're, this is dark social technically because we're doing a podcast. We're educating people on yeah. a certain topic. Of yeah. course, I post on LinkedIn organic. Um, I do video yeah. content. So I'm, I'm basically doing dark social, trying to educate people around there you go. marketing tips, web, SEO, getting experts in like you. Um, yeah. So it's a thing, whether it's merged <laughs> in with damn, whether it's merged in with demand gen, top of funnel stuff, educating people before they know that they need your help. Then they realize that you're a trusted brand. Then yeah. they might come through and add SEO. That's that's the long short of it. That's the two-minute Sam Dunning snapshot. There you um, go. You should do a show on it then. You can talk to someone. <laughs> well, see, well, we'll see. What's interesting is you just talked about, is it a thing going forward, right? Or is it something else? That's what I've always loved about research. Talking to your customers is never going to be a thing that goes away. And the B2B game is getting more complex because the buyer controls more of the journey than ever before. 
And that's like, I'm not the one saying that. Places like Gartner are saying that because they do the studies on these things. So you'll, you'll have less insight into what people are doing more and more as the years go on. So unless yeah. you go and start talking to them, you're going to lose a lot of the intel that you could normally get. Yeah, and especially like you say, if people are saying, um, look, we, we hang out on Slack groups or we go to events or we listen to podcasts or Facebook groups, and obviously that's really, really useful intel. Because if you're spending a bunch of money, let's say on LinkedIn ads, but your customers don't actually care about that, or let's say you're investing in, I don't know, a trade event, but none of your customers go to trade events. So it's like, well, that's money down the drain because they're actually looking in here and they're talking to people there. Then let's, let's right. get the heck in there as soon as we can. Absolutely. Um, so that's really valuable. And I love that. Trust this um, question about the sales team. So I'm going to start using that yeah. uh, for customer interviews. I've not heard that one. So that's uh, that's good. That's interesting. So then once we've got this intel, we transcribe it. Mm-hmm. Look for look for patterns, right? Look for common common things that are said, and yep. any any actual examples, Ryan. Of feel free to use use stuff you've done where you've kind of heard X Y Z repeated a lot, and then perhaps you've used that for I don't know a website headline, or you've used that for an ad copy, or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, there's a few ways that I've done that. You know, I've for recently for a lot of um, I even did one for an agency. It was an SEO agency. Okay, and they. Uh, what was really fascinating was their clients when they talked to me. They said we weren't looking for an agency; we were looking for a you know a team that could be embedded into my, you know, my business. Right? It was so fascinating. But they also talked about all these pains they had in evaluating which agency was the one for them and why. So out of that, we had like thirty different content topics that we could just talk to. Right? If you want to do some content marketing, um, when I did the research. Um, with rewind we found that there was a key piece in the buying journey that we weren't talking to which was that um you know just for really quickly uh rewind the product we're talking about they do backups for github right well people were trying to write their own backup scripts coders and they were failing because there's just a limitation to what that can do we didn't realize they were doing that and then we looked at the search terms and there was a decent amount of search for that on hrefs semrush like Oh, okay. So now guess what? All Most of our ads and our landing page say, and there's lift in those over what we had before because it was an actual step people were taking to hitting a wall. Yeah, interesting. And do you find that when you do this, this kind of research and you find these unusual things that I guess you didn't actually know people were talking about or searching for, do you find there's much competition there's many competitors that are doing the same thing, i.e. you found this this little niche um, search term. Was Sometimes, that, was that but usually no. Okay. Because well, that's, that's in good. my experience, SaaS, unless like the bigger companies typically have this covered, but yeah. you know, um, my experience, no, because mm. it's not somewhere where SaaS companies typically go to get research. And this has just been my experience anecdotally, but most talk to customers about feature sets and why they churned trying to win them back. And those are great. That's what, those are great conversations, but that doesn't actually help marketing. It doesn't help understanding how I'm going to influence people when they're starting their journey all the way up to when the sales team has to talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. And are there any other ways that we can, I guess on the, on the note of influencing, are there any other ways that we can put this research into play to really influence our buyers that I guess we understand their problem We've we've got the we've got the solution to to solve it, mm-hmm. and we are some a team a, a product or service that you can actually trust. 
Yeah, I mean, so I think content's the big one, right? Um, I think that's the one missed because a lot of times what we'll do is what we will focus our efforts around a keyword, right? And we might not even know the intent, but I can even recently with this rewind research, there is twelve areas of content themes and topics that we highlighted that were all part of the buying journey that people either wanted to be educated about, right. understand more, or was a blocker to their sale or to their purchase. So I can use all these things now to influence that entire journey along the way. But you won't see maybe a lot of search for these terms because that's not what people are searching for in Google, these things. So um, I hope that answers the question. But I mean, that's where I would look to because I'm going to get copy. I'm going to get landing page ideas. I might even get a few new product ideas. Like one we want we want to test that was a calculator for X. Calculators and audit things or audit uh, frameworks are really good for getting people in and getting an email and engaging in the conversation. So there's all these ideas that can come out of the research based on how people are getting stuck in the journey and you can help assist them, right? That's what I do. You sort of have to read between the lines a little bit, but most stuff is pretty apparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I suppose it helps companies that a lot of companies, especially going back to SEO ranking on Google organically, they, they're in a habit of putting out blog articles, different bits and pieces of content to try and rank on Google but they're perhaps guessing what questions their buyers are searching for or doing it on topics that they think are relevant and helpful when all you really need to do is speak to a bunch of your customers, find yeah. out kind of what 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 the problem was they had or what they need to know or what's important to them. I guess you yeah. can just craft a, a bunch of copy, whether that is written articles, whether that's video format, whether that's podcasting like we're doing now, mm -hmm. and you know it's going to have a, it's going to hit home. It's actually mm -hmm. going to be a value whether that's yeah. educational or entertainment and of use to your target customers. Yeah. I mean, you can, there's all sorts of things you can do with this research, right. That you might not even be aware of yet. Like, or I, I just, I'm just getting started with some of this stuff, right. I'm building out a whole new thought leadership uh, package for rewind about what this, what they mean, what they do, what it means to the future in the context of these people's lives, because if I don't know exactly like the problems they have in their business and how they solve the pains they have, then even my thought leadership of how I'm saying this is where the world is going isn't going to make sense to them or even they're not even going to care about it. So I need to know all those things before I even put you know one keystroke down. Otherwise, yeah. I'd just be wasting my time and money. Yeah, yeah, that's smart. And I know um, I, I'm uh, a common thief when it comes to stealing customer <laughs> questions. So if I get questions when I'm doing sales calls, when I'm calling leads, or whether it's through LinkedIn, whether it's email, um, quite often I think, well, that's going to be a great post for today on LinkedIn. I can oh, absolutely. This, this question, and that'll be my daily post, or I'll put it on my weekly email, or whatever it may be. Because I know if, if a few customers have got that question, or a few prospects have got that question for me, it's probably going to resonate with uh, a few other people too, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's funny, the FAQ sections, a lot of times are just made up, right? That's mm. the one thing I think we don't talk about as marketers. We're like, what do we think they're going to ask us? And we just like write them down on the website. You actually should use questions they're asking, whether they're tied to the product or they're in the vicinity of the product, right? Yeah. Because that's if they're asking it on their path to you, there's some way you, that it has uh, importance in you, um, you using that question, trying to answer it. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. Cool. Um, any final notes, Ryan, before everyone tuning in start, tries to run their own interviews and starts putting <laughs> this into play? Yeah. Any any other considerations you should think about before jumping straight in at the deep end? 
have an objective, right? Um, I, I'm with this. I, I'm running this right now. I'm working with a client because I do a lot of coaching on this now. And they wanted to do a combination of like content plus research. So they're trying to do like a thought leadership piece to interview executives, but then also research the buying journey. You can't do both. It's right. too hard because they're different. The, the purpose of the conversations are different. Or, you know, for like I mentioned before, are you trying to understand more about how people are enjoying the product? That's a different conversation than how did they actually come to you and, and you know, um, understand if they wanted to purchase your product in the first place. Those are different conversations. And it'd be re you'd be really surprised how you can eat up 30 to 40 minutes just focusing on one piece of the buying journey. So have an objective. Um, and then I would say questions are good, but they can also be a crutch. Right. Because um, often what we do is when we're in an interview, we focus on asking the next question and we don't always actively listen to what people are saying. Not you, Sam. I mean, you're an experienced podcaster now. So, I mean, you you're, you you know what you're doing. But, I mean, it, if we're not used to interviewing people, we can be, uh-huh, uh-huh, and you're just looking at the next question and then you forget to actually actively listen to what it is because they might say something that you pick up on and it's a whole, there's so much depth to it that you need to sort of understand that more. That's a hard one to master. It is. I struggle with. It is. But um, if you can do that, um, it, it's all the better for you. And the third one I would say is record everything because you're going to forget. You will forget everything you had, you talked about in the conversation. You will, I guarantee you, 100%, you will forget. Solid tips. If you've got a memory like mine, you, you certainly will. So, um, <laughs> and you yeah. go back, like, so when I worked with Rewind, the, the product marketing manager, he's gone back to the research we did numerous times. He told me that. He's like, I can't believe, I, I totally forgot this happened. I had to go back and recheck. Yep. Even if you've done it and you've talked to these people and you've filtered the data, you will still forget. So you want to go back so you can have something to reference. That's why you so often on, on the podcast, if you watch on the video, you'll see me looking down. I'm actually scribbling down notes. I'm not just... Uh... <laughs> Yeah. Looking, looking drowsy. Yeah. I'm actually I knew what you were doing. I, knew <laughs> I, I wasn't going to call you out. I knew what was going on. <laughs> Good man. So thanks very much, Ryan. Really enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate you coming on and sharing hey, how yeah, everyone no. can Thank you. I, I, yeah, I appreciate you having me. I love talking about this stuff. Um, if anyone ever wants to talk to me about this, they can find me. LinkedIn is <laughs> the most active like you. My website is contentlift.io. Uh, but really, LinkedIn, just message me. I'm ha I will respond pretty fast. I'm always happy to talk to people. Awesome, man. And we'll put all of those links to catch Ryan over at the website businessgrowth.marketing. And with that, I want to thank you once again for coming on, sir. Thank you. No worries. As always, if you enjoyed the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button. We interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable marketing tips to grow your business and to grow your revenue. And with that, we should catch you on the next one.